Good morning, benders and non-benders alike, and welcome to the Republic City Dispatch, a radio program concerning Nickelodeon's Legend of Korra series. This week, a dispatch for the month of August, Korra's cinematic aspirations debated, the line between anime and cartoon, stuff that's keeping us busy, and heck, you know what we're talking about, Pabu. It's Matt, Dave, and Devendra. Hello, welcome back to Republic City Dispatch. Oh, it's been it's been so long. Too uh, long. Too yeah, long. definitely too long. But the, you know that's what happens when they're not airing new episodes of The Legend of Korra. We're either uh, off trying to watch other things or catching up on sleep, dreaming of Korra. Who knows? Um, but uh, I'm Matt Patches. We're back with a new episode, and I'm again joined by Drumroll. Oh, um, I'm Dave. I spelled <laughs> that with a seven. <laughs> And uh, I'm Devendra. Back, uh, I wasn't there for Comic Con, but I'm back, guys. Okay. Uh, did you live it vicariously through other people tweeting and? I did. I did. I was at my own tech conference at the same time, but uh, yeah, I, I felt like I was there. You're distracted. You know? <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, and I guess today we really just wanted to kind of throw in on a bunch of different topics, catch up with everyone, see what people were talking about in this post uh, book one world, and uh, mostly center on some interesting new that has popped up that uh, Paramount, the parent company of Nickelodeon, uh, ha- is in the works on some new animated features. They've dropped their DreamWorks animation side of things, and now they're developing their own projects. And uh, the immediate thought is, well, what does that mean for Korra? A movie? Uh, and, and that's basically what we're going to speculate heavily on uh, today, among some other things. Um, so, Dave, did I get that all right? Is that what the situation is? Uh, I know that there was some speculation in like the trade papers ah variety and that sort of thing uh that most of us don't read but um what what's the deal is this actual is this a possibility um i i believe well first of all everything's on the table because in terms of the viacom network family i guess full disclosure at this point i am employed by viacom but that has no uh, <laughs> at this point you're weight. just bragging it's oh, not, well, it, <laughs> full disclosure not guys i got a, up, i have a full-time job um, Viacom properties as channels um, are sort of up and down. Nickelodeon has been doing pretty badly, uh, sort of only bested by CMT. Those two are always battling as to which one is taking the most money from uh, Viacom and uh, its group of channels. So essentially, uh, they dropped DreamWorks Animation. DreamWorks is a large animation house run by Katzenberg and Spielberg and you know, all these different Geffen all these people that you could read about, um, they're going to go off and do their own thing, which means Paramount has decided it needs to set up its own animated movies and under its own uh, banner, especially for stuff like Viacom properties. Uh, specifically, the SpongeBob movie, uh, the second SpongeBob movie, is a real priority for people at Nickelodeon. Um, so when this news came out that Paramount Animation was going to sort of boot up and use some Viacom properties... Uh, the writers at the trades who figured this out um, sort of surfed over to Nickelodeon and looked at some of the ratings and realized that Korra is their highest rated show. So, of course, why wouldn't they have discussions about a movie? And that's where the whole is there a Korra movie uh, in discussion uh, sort of came up. I don't think, uh, this is purely my opinion, that anybody at the executive level has talked to uh, Bryke or the Korra team and actually said this is happening and uh, it seems like Mr. Canesso on his uh, Tumblr says the same thing. Yeah, but I'm sure they've been dreaming about it, you know, waiting I, 
for this I mean, movie. Well, they have hinted in the past Maybe? that they've been mm-hmm. working on feature films. That mm-hmm. I, They haven't said outright that they're related to Airbender or Korra. And I think on this podcast, we've actually talked about how we imagine that they would probably not want to do that if they kind of jumped into the world of feature films. Right, like, right. in my mind, they wouldn't, they would take the opportunity to do a feature uh, and, and, leave the world of Airbender and Korra because why not? You can do something fresh. You could do something that's truly big and cinematic and a, a new opportunity for them. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'd see them really tapping into Korra for this, but again, I, I think, if the demand's there. Yeah, I mean, traditionally what happens when a creative team like this wants to change mediums a bit, they they may not get to do their dream project, but they'll do like some property that the studio has or something, right? Um but since Core has been so popular and like they've extended the seasons, it seems plausible now that you know we we could see a Core movie. And there's precedence yeah. too. I mean, in the '90s and early 2000s, Nickelodeon was doing a lot of like, "Hey, let's take this really successful cartoon and just make it into a, a kind of 30 million dollar animated right. feature." You know, Rugrats went to Paris. Jimmy <laughs> Neutron, Hey Arnold, Wild Thornberries—they all got Jimmy their. Neutron- had a movie? Jimmy Neutron oh, yeah. Boy Genius. Oh, I think God. it actually started as a movie. I, I, I might be huh. going in the wrong direction there. I think it was Jimmy Neutron, and then they had it spun it off into a series because it was their first CG 3D animation kind of deal. Yeah. But, and the SpongeBob is obviously crazy. one of the biggest properties they have. Definitely, definitely. The 90s were kind of a crazy time for, I know, kids' properties going uh, going theatrical and kind of going big. I, I saw the Pokemon movie in theaters. I remember this. <laughs> I did as well. <laughs> Lots of little kids crying when Pikachu almost died. That was that was a tremendous moment. And Nickelodeon can now relive this, hopefully. Maybe they can I mean, just bring the, Pokemon back. The <laughs> interesting thing that I think we're going to have to talk to Devinder more about, because I'm sort of weirded out about it, is um, the <laughs> difference, I guess, between the movies that we're talking about and what I think a core movie would be. is yes. This is more of like a serialized anime story, not so much like a, you know... Oh, we have George Clooney who wants to do a SpongeBob voice, so why don't we just make it a 90-minute movie instead right. of uh, just an episode? Could we get milk more money out of it? This is a movie that, if it does come, is going to come presumably at the end of four Korra books and still have to have something to say about this universe. And so I guess I, my question to Devinder would be, does this work? And Can you elevate an anime story to a movie and, and still make it a good movie? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, we've talked that as we've been talking about Korra, you know, we've talked about its anime influences, and it's very much more like an anime series than a traditional Western animation series. But at the same time, Korra is also it's it's avoided a lot of the pitfalls that I think recent anime has in the past decade, where anime has gotten really cutesy, really bizarre, and they've cared a lot less about like creating a quality series that tells a good, good narrative. And they just want something like Bleach or Naruto that pumps out hundreds of episodes. That's kind of been the goal for a lot of anime, especially something like Korra. Um, but yeah, I think there is the potential to build something truly great here. Um, anime movies in general, movies based on series, I'm thinking like Escaflone, uh, Ruroni Kenshin had one, Cowboy Bebop had one. Most successful anime series get some sort of movie. The problem is many of them tend to stink. Um, the Escaflone movie was a rehash of the entire series. They just rebooted the series with completely different plot points, and it was just kind of bizarre. I think the most successful one um, of all the series I love is the Cowboy Bebop one. I know you like that one, Matt. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. big fan. 
But that's that, that's because it was mm-hmm. it, it felt fresh, but it was still true to the dynamic of the characters. Exactly. But it, and and it raised the stakes, which I think is actually something that would be um, difficult for Korra on a feature mm-hmm. level. I, I really would be curious about how they would kind of push it forward and not just say like if if, if the demand is for a Korra movie, are enough people watching Korra that they can continue the story, or do we have to go back to square one in this instance? And I, I wonder if that's why yeah. a lot of the anime films that we see are just like here's. We've we've gained popularity. Maybe yeah. people have heard about this in passing. Now it's an event film, and yeah. you can go see it for the first time. Well, in, in Japan, the reason they make these movies is because the series are very popular. So it's basically a way to milk that fan base. Um, like, the Evangelion team has been doing that forever. There have been that, – that whole series has had several movies, and now they're rebooting the entire series as several movies – um, so that that's with anime gets kind of crazy. I do think there's a lot of potential though for Korra. We've seen some crazy, um, I don't know, some great writing, some great narrative development in the series. And if you build a movie as like a standalone thing, like a just a, yeah, I think a really solid action feature that has all the characters we love, um, I, I think it could be successful. And I think in America it could actually get you know people who don't even watch Korra if it's advertised correctly. But uh, we were arguing before. Uh, you, do you guys think you're thinking this could be a theatrical movie or more like a direct-to-video thing? Well, I, I think from the, in the general, plans, video seems clear. From the plans set out uh-huh. by this article that kind of spurred this whole notion, um, it's definitely the goal is to bring fit properties to the big screen to fill this gap that you know DreamWorks animate. We don't have Shrek anymore. We don't have How to Train Your Dragon. So what are we going to do? Um, and you know, Paramount found a way to do that. They had Rango. Last year, which wasn't a huge success, unfortunately, but a, a critical success. one, I would say yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they're really looking to fill that gap. So I don't think it's going to be just a uh, here's a few extra bucks, do an hour and a half long DVD movie right, or right. something that can be on Netflix or something that can just be on Nickelodeon streaming services or yeah, video on demand or something. The problem is like it does cost a lot of money to pump a movie out to I don't know what a, a wide release of theaters. Um, but I, the level of quality we've seen from Korra, both in terms of like how it's written, how well it's written, the animation, everything about it, even even the acting levels, I'd say it would work fine in a theater. I just don't know if it's uh, yeah, if it's well, big I, enough to reach that yet. And the finale of Book Three was essentially a TV movie, the way it was broadcast. Oh, yeah. So right. I mean, we know it's possible for these storytellers to elevate it to that. And I mean, even if you like, if you gave them tons more budget, I would watch a redone Book Three with like a full budget, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's which just is me another thing anime movies do. By the way, they they they'll just like redo the end of the series. But I, maybe that was just Evan Jillian. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it'd be interesting to see where. I mean, because it whenever this movie starts, I would hope that they have written the four books uh, when uh-huh. they it has not started yet. I cannot be any more clear about that. That right now there is no core movie, but one hundred percent no core in it. Yep, core in the dream in the dream world we're talking about where there is a core movie. I would hope that it's after we know the entire legend of Korra, and maybe there'd be something very obvious where it's like Korra and Aang need to get together, or maybe it's just we just go to the next Avatar directly. But I think I think both series would feed into that sort of movie. I, so you're sci-fi not losing. Yeah. Well, yeah, but so you're not you're not losing anybody from either of the series mm-hmm. and you could get new people because it's like well here's a new avatar and it's like if you don't know the rules of the avatar we're going to explain it to you in the movie if you do you're going to get to watch someone else do it i think who are we up for yet an earth yeah. avatar at this point <laughs> but uh, don't you think we're thinking too narrowly here like why would anyone make a Korra movie 
and this is someone who obviously mm-hmm. loves Cora talking here. Um, but as I mentioned before we started talking, you know, Firefly, a disaster of, of television rating standards, you know, but a, a critical darling, um, averaging what, like four and a half million people every episode still got canceled after a handful of episodes. Um, that's because they didn't want it to succeed. So that's well, that's why we questioned bringing up Firefly. Well, I yeah. still think it's applicable because it ended up spawning Serenity, which was not sure. a big box office success either. But someone thought, you know, I see creative potential in this property. Why don't we try and bring it to the big screen? I mean, it's also the very vocal fan base. So I think Korra fans can be as loud as Firefly fans as we've seen online. <laughs> but we haven't been... The thing about Firefly fans is we were hurt. We were right. injured. Cora okay. fans have not been enraged yet. We haven't yeah. seen how loud they can get. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the Cora and Firefly was also on Fox at the same time as, like, the X-Files. So, like, mm-hmm. there was... It wasn't like now where it's, like, Cora is, you know, the best thing Nickelodeon has going across multiple platforms. It's like they're talking to six-year-olds or they're talking to people about Cora. There's not a lot, a lot of split there. So, sure. I mean, there's a lot of there's going to be pressure if Nickelodeon wants to get the highest possible audience for their movies, but to do something more like Cora. If it, that's true, but if Cora, would you bring Cora to screen, or would you bring something new that's set in the Avatar universe to screen? I mean, that depends entirely on what the story of Cora is. I just I mean, feel like you don't, yeah. you can't set up like. The, you can't go back to the beginning of Korra in a movie. You can't spend time setting right, right. Korra up. And you also can't make a movie that's just the next installment yeah. of a franchise that only so many people are kind of invested in. You have to start with something new. So that's why a Korra movie seems almost impossible to me. Well, you know, that's a, actually a good point, though. I think if this movie were to be made, it would definitely be like an Avatar movie. You know, it would be something in this universe. Korra may not even be in the title. But, you know, Korra will likely be still be a big part of it. And we may see Aang. We may see people we've you know loved before and maybe a whole new cast and crew of faces, which is also very typical of anime movies. So and I really don't know if thing. there's an example of this that you guys can think of in the past. Um, and I mm-hmm. and it always pains me to bring up the Shyamalan, <laughs> uh, you know, Legend of uh, Airbender. Uh-huh. But um, it, it's important. Uh it, it, it kind of the ripple effect. I still feel it's there. Like, could you make an Avatar movie in the wake of the well, Last Airbender? Given, given like the uh, look how quickly remakes are happening now. It's true. In the wake of like failed movies, like the difference. Uh, what was the time difference between Spider Man Three and this one? Was it five years? Uh, uh, yes, I believe it was two thousand seven, and then yeah, five years later. So yeah, by the time we reach the end of the Korra series, it, it could be enough time from the Shyamalan movie for us to do something different. Um, honestly, I don't even think they need to wait until the end of the series, but I guess um, realistically we'd probably want them to have that all mapped out. Uh, the movie itself will could take place at the end or in the middle or something. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. The, the thing is this series and Avatar in general has kind of broken so many boundaries and changed the way we perceive Western animation series in general that uh, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did something truly original for the movie. But Yeah, and I think that would interest yeah. them too. I mean, mm-hmm. Brian and Mike are really creative people. You see on their yeah. blogs and stuff, they're just always sketching. They're, they're, it's, and the demand of Korra is obviously very present. Like, they're in deep in that right now, doing mm-hmm. book two, and you can tell from Comic-Con, they just have so much going on, and their minds are 
solely focused on Cora. It'd be hard for them to kind of pull away, but I think at the end of the day that it's such a marathon to do this show, and now that they've committed themselves to so much of it for books, um, that I, I would... It'd be really interested to see them go back to the Avatar world if they had a chance mm-hmm. to do a feature film, because um, I don't think many people do that. I don't think even people who love their properties yeah. uh, go back continually to them and want to do that. Yeah, and speaking uh, of Joss Whedon, it kind of reminds <laughs> yeah. me too of his his lock into uh, Marvel now, right? Like he's you know he did Avengers, was super successful. Now he's doing the TV series. He'll have his fingers in all the other upcoming movies. Um, I, I, yeah, I can imagine those guys, uh, the Avatar guys, will want to stay involved. I, I would, I would love to see them just jump forward another period yeah. of time and yeah. just do a yes. trilogy of different things, or between, or Runner, before Air Avatar. Yeah, I mean, happen. it would seem like you know, once you start down that road, you should just do an Avatar for each one of the elements, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, totally. I and I think you could go anywhere in time. You could go before Airbender. You could go after Korra. You could go somewhere in between um, and follow Aang or follow a non-Avatar character and, and have someone, like, looking up to Aang or becoming involved in his story in between. You know, I think the possibilities are endless. And I almost, as a fan, don't necessarily want to see a Korra movie. I'd rather explore new places in this world. And it's funny because I was just having a conversation with someone about uh, Internet demands. You know, when we hear about a remake announced or another sequel to blah, 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 a lot of people throw up their arms. It's like, is this all we can do? Is this all, like, we're just franchise building at this point in movies? And, but then again, they love sequels. People love sequels. They want to see sequels of their favorite movies. I see people talking about, like, oh, why didn't we ever get such and such 2? Dragonheart 2. Or, you know, <laughs> Reign of Fire. I can only think of dragon movies. I do love Reign of Fire. Uh, me too. Um, but, you know, they want those sequels. They want to see more of the world. And I think... Uh, capitalizing on a sequel it can still be interesting and i think i thought about this recently you know pixar's making monsters inc 2 and they're gonna make finding nemo 2 and everyone's like oh originality is dead when pixar goes into sequelville everyone being me yeah but i mean they are innovators and they could still be interesting with sequels instead of just replicating and continuing the things that they've established. You can take Finding <laughs> yeah, Nemo yeah. 2 and go in a different place and go in a different world. So if I wanted to see a movie version of Avatar, I don't, I'm not sure I want to see Airbender or Korra. No, no, it, it would likely be different. And honestly, a nice bit of symmetry would be giving us a firebending Avatar just to, mm. like, cap off the entire... As long as it's one of the last things we'll see, because the thing is, we all thought like the end of Avatar The Last Airbender was going to be all we saw this whole world, and it's kept continuing. But if... um. They want to go out in like a blaze of glory and kind of really give us some nice symmetry to everything that happened in Airbender. Um, they would, I would love to see a firebending avatar, mm, like a peaceful firebender. Exactly. Like for too long, my people have been trashed as inherently evil. Exactly. Walking the earth like Kane from Kung Fu. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to see people use jet fire as uh, oh, shut up. flying yes, around in the yes. sky. I do think it is the coolest looking. <laughs> bending technique and Korra has used it um, in, in all the cool action bits we've seen firebending has gotten some really really good love here alright I'm going to do a janky transition to our next topic <laughs> uh, I should have picked this up earlier um, we were talking a little bit about we've been cor- calling Korra anime and actually Devin mm-hmm. has been saying anime style which is actually technically what I mean to be saying when I say anime <laughs> um, so I have a little bit from an anonymous Tumblr poster I'm not going to read everything because he mostly insults me for not pronouncing things right <clears throat> here we go you. 
First and foremost, you consistently refer to the show as an anime. This is simply inaccurate. It's a cartoon, regardless of the fluidity of the movement, the style of drawing, or the type of culture represented on screen. What defines the difference is the intended audience. Anime's target audience, from conception to creation to airing, is aimed at Asian-slash-Eastern audience. Cartoons, on the other hand, target a Western audience. Just a quick comparison, Sailor Moon, Gundam, Dormon, a whole bunch of anime names. Dormon. Thank you. Um, Thundercat, or those are all anime uh, stuff like Thundercats, GI Joe cartoons. Secondly, your pronunciation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess what I wanted to talk about here is sort of the difference when we we're talking about anime style versus cartoons. Uh, it's definitely Korra. I think surfs both for me because it's yeah. not about intended audience. Uh, I don't think it ever has been. It's uh, sort of about the style that it's used. Um, sort of the cartoon is sort of a Disney-based cell style and when Japan saw Snow White they were like well we could do this but mm-hmm. we can animate it in a different way where you use different backgrounds uh, multiple times to avoid having to draw a whole bunch of tween frames or you animate on the, every third frame instead of every second frame which is why the uh, you know voice sync looks so weird or you um, you know just communicate emotion in a completely different way so while you know disney characters have huge cheekbones that accentuate their smiles uh anime characters have all these now a whole secondary language with Mm -hmm. uh how to show their emotions be it you know big tears or showing the red part of your eye or any sort of these different um exaggerated facial expressions face faults is what they're called Mm -hmm. um so i mean i understand that uh Korra is a cartoon by this person's definition because it's on Nickelodeon. I'm just saying maybe we shouldn't damn it to there because it's on Nickelodeon. Way to school and, the commenter, Dave. I like this. But uh, well, actually, I, in, in some ways, I agree with him. <laughs> no, no. Well, yeah, yeah. Let me let me just say I know where this commenter is coming from because I was once a pedantic anime fan too. <laughs> and let me tell you, like anime fans, this these are the people who will definitely get on you for mispronouncing names or for saying, "Oh, that's not anime." That's not anime at all. Um, like, fundamentally, it is about style. And I think what's amazing about Korra is that, and The Last Airbender as well, and kind of this entire world, is how it's taken anime influences and kind of mixed them in with other Western elements to create something truly u- uh, new and unique. Um, yeah, and it's ultimately, ultimately, it's more like the end product, right? What do you, what do you get at the end? You get something right. with really high-quality animation, with a real focus on narrative development. Um, I think... Uh, and yeah, these it's great television. Are, yeah, yeah it's and great it's television. definitely it's definitely not pure cartoon because you have the moments like exactly. Korra's reaction to Asami, where they put an actual CG explosion behind her. But then that's also it's also not a pure face fault because it's you know based on a Western style of 3D animated backgrounds. So yeah. I, I mean, I can't. It's right in between. When I'm saying it's anime, I'm not labeling it and throwing it in the huge anime box and saying it can't be in the cartoon box. I'm saying it's both let's because it's definitely used. Yeah. Let's just forget about the boxes because really what do they matter? I think one of the defining elements of anime was, you know, good animation but also mature storytelling that doesn't make you feel stupid at times. Right. And my first taste of this was uh, Batman the Animated Series, which, you know, was animated, um, I think, by Madhouse for a bit in Japan. And uh, But even though it's an American-oriented series, that's something that went ahead and what directly influenced something like The Big O 
which was basically Batman in anime sure. form with giant <laughs> robots. So it's like, where you know, where does it begin? Where does it end? How about we stop being pedantic little commenters God. and just enjoy? I watched so much material. Big O on Big Cartoon o. Network as a kid. Um, yeah, well, and we've recommended a lot of uh, anime, but I also should feel for the cartoon side. I've gotten really into Adventure Time in the past month, so just <laughs> or even you know, even like the Justice League Unlimited show. I mean, where yeah. do you call that a cartoon? I think people. I think the phrase anime really came into existence because us Westerners who only had, and this is, I'm talking about us as in the mm-hmm. people who were alive in like the 50s and the 60s, you know, you established uh, uh, Walt Disney cartoons and what cartoon really means, you know, there's such a, a bad taste in people, like yeah, a bad taste in people's mouth about like, oh, do I like cartoons? A lot of people won't see animated movies because they're yeah. for kids. Um, and I think we establish this word anime to kind of say, well, here's a different style. Like, it's animated, but it's serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and none of these words mean anything anymore because people take animation so seriously uh, that, that it's all been blended together and it's all art. Yeah, at this point. It's, it's all, it all comes down to cultural differences too, right? In, in Japan, everybody reads manga, which is, you know, their comic books. And it's not just kids. It's, you know, teenagers, it's adults, it's older people. And there's a manga for everybody. Like communicating through visual, through images like this is really, it's not unusual in Japan. Whereas in America, we kind of relate it all to Disney or Looney Tunes right. or something. It doesn't feel as legitimate. I still get weird looks on the subway train when I read comics there. Because people are like, oh, look, a child. Oh, look I'm at like, that. Hey, look at that. Hey. Yeah. I love, yeah, I love when I go to one of the comic stores here and I come back with a big Lotus stuff. And uh, I may be dressed like a professional, you know, like a professional, like a right. technology reporter wearing, I don't know, nice loafers or something. And uh, reading comics. That's the best thing. Well, I think <laughs> this, this whole conversation is born out of people being uncomfortable. They want to feel adult yeah. and watch cartoons or watch animated films, you know, and we're worried about what it means that we're watching something on Nickelodeon. Um, but if it's up to a certain standard, who cares where it's on? Thank God Nickelodeon makes The Legend of Korra uh, something serious and animated and something that blurs the line between anything that we know previously totally. and, and taking from all different places. And, you know, uh, we want to put labels on it so that we can have conversations. I think you, the three of us throw around the phrase anime um, because it's obviously an influence, but it's just a great way to have the conversation. We need words to describe things. Totally. Um, and in the past 10 years of this golden age of television, we've all been fortunate enough to live through. It's always the one show that transcends what you think the network is that uh, ends up being really good. So I think that it's great that Cora is pushing beyond the Nicktoons look. Um, mm-hmm. And I would love to see them continue in that direction as long as they keep the quality where it is, which is amazing. Yeah. You guys brought up, um, Matt, you were talking about like the Justice League movies and stuff or that series. I mean, all that stuff. There have been Batman movies. There, you know, I don't know. Did, did Mask of the Phantasm ever hit theaters? It did. Yes. Okay. It played in theaters, uh, I think, a year or two after Batman Returns. Don't go okay. on that. But. And that was a legitimately, that's a great film. That is I a great love film. that yeah. movie. Um, so if Korra can get that sort of treatment, you know, that that's what I'm thinking of when I'm thinking Legend of Korra movie. You know, a standalone story that still gives us everything we love but about But I think that endeavor was like, okay, this is going to be a direct-to-DVD movie. Oh, wait, right. it has the potential. We didn't make it for that much money. We can put it into theaters mm-hmm. and find an audience. And it made a decent amount of money. I mean, not compared to, like, the Batman live-action films. Right. But it oh, would yeah. be daring for Paramount 
uh, Nickelodeon to produce a movie that doesn't cost $30 million like the rest of their animated films, or at least these low-budget, based-on-TV mm-hmm. show endeavors, not like Rango that cost $120 million or something. <laughs> um, but, like, if they made... 3D. Like, yeah. I can't imagine a Korra movie costing more than $10 million if they're working if they're working with the same production style that they do now. Yeah, and then putting that, that point, in the theaters, do we wanna, don't see it. Do they want to spend the money to put it into theaters? That's kind yeah. of that's kind of the bigger problem. I think it could be worth it, especially if it's marketed in the right way. It's it's almost I don't know, it's kind of an oddity at this point if you market like a somewhat serious 2D animated film that uh, you know, that has nice animation and big budget. It's uh I, I love 2D animation. There's something magical about it Absolutely. that I still don't get from, you know, CG and stuff like that. And so I I love to see cells moving. Um, I think we can still have this happen in theaters. Um, but what, what, the other anime movie, the other Batman movie, was it Return of the Joker, mm. which was the Batman Beyond film? That one was also fantastic. So well, everything think, that they've been doing and yeah. and being hyper specific about the stories they're telling and doing mm-hmm. the direct to D avenue. Um, you know, they've had the Green Lantern film, the Wonder Woman film, and and most recently they've been doing a lot of the Batman. They did Batman Year One. They're doing uh, the Dark Knight Returns Part As One two and Part parts. Two. Yeah, yeah. and you know. If you go and sit at a Comic-Con panel, I think I saw them talk about DC Animated Slate at a New York Comic-Con panel uh, like a year or two ago. And they said there's a big push for Batman and Superman movies. You know, Wonder Woman and Green Lantern don't perform as well. Um, But they're still taking it seriously and they want to tell really gritty stories and and go and use the universe that they have and play in it. Uh, And and maybe Korra is the same way. It would be a test for them to do something like Korra in in theaters. I don't know if it's possible, um, but you know it might be that Batman thing. Do you need something as iconic as Batman and Superman to make it work, or are there enough fans who can uh, rile people up and, and make this well, a success? If the average Korra viewership showed up to see a Legend of Korra movie at full price, it would make fifty two million dollars. So <laughs> that's the number that they have to deal with in their heads: is can they make it for under 52 million. But will people download it illegally instead? Oh, oh, not if we can help it. I know, I know. It makes us sad. We will be podcasting all the way through that movie telling you not um, to download it. <laughs> Dave, should we wrap things up for this episode with a few crazy random questions about the future and, and book one? I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, why not? We got um, some good questions, so why let's do it. Here's one that's actually more of a uh, recommendation uh, from Tumblr user Empyreen Cosmo. Dave, why can't you pronounce anything? I don't know. I'm stupid. (laughs) Hey, guys, I'm a huge fan. In your latest podcast, I heard one of you guys mention that maybe a conflict that arises in book two was that maybe the spirit world kind of leaks into the living world. That reminds me of how the show Legend of the Seeker, based off the Sword of Truth series by Terry Goodkind, in which the second season's conflict was the tearing of the veil between the spirit and living worlds, and evil creatures escape through the tears. I think the spirit the core will fight etc and then he got cut off unfortunately on ask but i have no idea what you're talking about i want to check it out uh, legend of seeker i believe might be on hulu still for people to check out it's a um mm-hmm. sam raimi produced tv show one of these it's, like hercules it's not very Zena good type. it's not very good no Don't not a fan compare it to hercules and xena which i love those <laughs> shows the Legend of the Seeker is kind of an embarrassment, especially with Game of Thrones, like, sitting around the well, corner. it's too. tough. I mean, I, I think those shows certainly have a place for people who are just dying for that really 
nerdy type of fantasy show. <laughs> I don't think Game of Thrones fulfills on that level. Maybe I'm wrong. Do you think do you think I, Game I, of Thrones is like really nerdy for people who are really into fantasy? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Be really into fantasy, but in terms of the people who love those machinations and those characters, knowing all these characters' names and their family lineages, it taps into that obsessive fandom quality. Oh yeah, I can make the I can make the Lannister family tree yeah. bar napkins at this point. I, I did not make it through the first book of uh, Game of Thrones, mostly because not enough magic. I, I'm sorry, Terry Goodkind. <laughs> oh my God, he's reading. a kind of crazy fantasy imagination that I approve of. I'm sure, I, I'm sure those books are more interesting than that. That's series. probably true. The series is just like poorly acted, and it looks really, really not cheap. enough Bruce Campbell. But yeah, apparently, yeah, we're not competing with Cast of Kings anymore. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, uh, another question from Anonymous. Um, um, when watching the Comic-Con interviews, I got some serious Bolin Asami vibes. Do you think that's a possibility for book two? P.S. When's the next podcast? Podcast is right now, buddy. You're listening to it right now. Bolin and Asami, book two. Well, we talked about that in the first yeah, book. Yeah. I mean, we, we kind of got hints of that. I don't know if that's just us projecting, though, or shipping. It's, it's more like say. the people want to <laughs> ship. Yeah, you want to unite these characters. But I think Asami has actually proven that she's strong enough that she could be fine and independent and... <laughs> You know, for the rest of the series. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know how alone Korra is going to be in this second book. If right. she's really going to fall through some sort of rabbit hole here into the spirit world and really be flying solo in the, you know, obviously the art for book two showed us a lot of different characters, um, but I wonder how quickly they'll be introduced and Korra will be kind of sent on her own, on her own adventure. I don't really know, judging from the teases we got at Comic-Con, how everyone would actually fit into this adventure, especially since I think we believe that Korra will be exploring spiritua- spirituality and figuring herself out, and it'll be real uh, adventure and self-discovery if you know, we got hints of people in their different costumes and their new careers because we're going to get that introduction like right away right. and well, not, I know and not that, see them much. If you could, I, I don't want to say no. I can assume that Bolin and Asami will both end in the Southern Water Tribe because we see Bolin there in the Comic-Con they have footage. big coats. And Asami not only has winter garb, but says she's going to fly down there also right. in the Comic-Con footage. So I think they'll be in the same thing. Also, it'd be weird though. It'd be I mean, weird it if they be weird. like got together. While we sloppy still, seconds, I mean, Bolin. I think it's, I think it's <laughs> still, not right. I think it's, I think it's still valid to, um, you know, draw some Batman comparisons. And we've had uh, Miranda Tate since uh, uh, Cora ended, and now I'm thinking Asami might be a little bit like that. You know, slowly Ooh. taking over the company, harboring some resentment, whether it be spurned or with her father. Are you yeah, telling think- me you still think Asami's bad? Is that I'm what t- is this? <laughs> No, I'm, no. I'm giving her the benefit of the oh, doubt that okay. she might be more complex than I have previously given her credit Which is, for. Which is that's what I love about her as a character too. I still think like she has the potential to do things that Cora doesn't, but that's that doesn't make her bad or good. That just makes her very very different because she's right. coming from a very different place. Yeah, she. I think she's going to be a Miranda Tate meets Tony Stark in one person. Hmm. That'd be great because she needs yeah. to be. She needs to be part of the. Oh, what are we supposed to be calling the gang now? The crew. That's it. She needs to be part of the crew, so she needs to have like repulsor Iron Man gloves and stuff. But um, I would, I would love to yeah. see her. She's I mean, not just arm candy. We should stop shipping her and exactly. Berlin because we should be hoping that she's going to do some crazy stuff on her own and be like a great woman. 
Well, yeah. and you could take entire books now to let her slowly stew in her weirdness. Like, she doesn't even have to flower into an antagonist or protagonist until a different season. Right. But I just love that, you know, that she's still around and she ended up being really interesting. All right, another question. Um, from another anonymous Tumblr ask, Hi, I would like to get your opinion on recent developments that Comic-Con has created for Season 2 and the announcement of Season 3 and 4 for Legend of Korra. The goal for Season 2 is to address the spiritual problems created by some of the adventures of Avatar Aang, in particular the newly announced comic The Search, where we will finally see what happened to Zuko's mom. Do you think that this message mes- meshes well with what Season 1 set out to do, and what is your outlook on the new seasons? Oh, man. Well, I, I think that after book one, I mean, it was obviously wrapped things up pretty neatly, um, but I think they're going to... F- I think the beginning of book two is really going to pick apart what we think is all wrapped up in book one, which I think is good. You know, yeah. uh, we, we thought it was all tied up too neatly, and um, you know, how could she suddenly just be in touch with her spirit side? I don't think she is. I think she has tapped mm-hmm. into Avatar state, but... Korra still needs to learn a lot and what that really means to possess that. And we saw that in the Comic-Con footage. You know, she's using Avatar State to get ahead in, like, an airball race against the kids. You know, that's nonsense. That's not what mm-hmm. you're supposed to do. And, and she gets the wagged finger. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll mesh well with that. I think, it'll, I think book two will really point out the problems with wrapping things up neatly in book one. Yeah. I think, that, Matt, you hit upon something a while back. I don't know what episode it was where... You sort of started bringing the Star Star Wars comparison in, and it's like, yeah, you know, Luke used the Force to blow up the Death Star at the end of one, but that he still has to go to Dagobah and, and mm. two to figure out, you know, <laughs> what he actually is. So maybe that's something that we're looking for. I think as we go on to book two, what I'm worried about, and this is a nitpick, is that I think Lin Beifong's by Fong's storyline uh, might have gotten abbreviated towards the end, and I'm not mm-hmm. sure if there's any way we could go back and retcon that, but it's like I kind of wanted if that if season one was going to be a sort of about her parallels to Korra, I wanted more in her getting her bending back. I can't and imagine seeing much of Lin in book two. I know, uh, we haven't seen any of the char- <laughs> <laughs> We haven't seen any of the character designs for her, so we don't even know if she's in there, but I think that's, if I'm going to miss one thing from season one it's mm. not going to be any more Amon story it's going to be more Lin story yeah I don't oh, know yeah. if yeah, I don't know if sad. the book two three and four are going to be like a trilogy the way um, Airbender book one two and three were if if our book one <laughs> of Korra was really just to like meet everybody here's a big problem oh wait we're going to do more seasons and then this is going to be like a complete trilogy yeah in I mean case, I, I wouldn't expect anyone on Amon's level from the get go yeah. I a- do I expect somebody, somebody major to die in season two. Like, in terms of thinking about <laughs> what major spiritual things does Korra have to deal with, my, uh, was it my death watch for, uh, for Bill Lane is still out there. Still out there. He's, he's one of those characters. But there's he's prime to ha- die and meet her in the spirit world at some <laughs> point. She has to face some sort of major spiritual crisis, which is why, you know, we brought up, you know, her just getting her powers back kind of really quickly at the end of the first season finale. That was a problem for me because that what a great setup for her spiritual journey, for her to spend like half a season or maybe most of the season trying to get her powers back and just being being normal for a while. That could have been very interesting. Um, but no, we, we kind of had to fill fix everything up by the end of the first season. So what other major crises can she have? Bad things will happen. I mean, we've got family. 
family's going family to big, die. Yeah. Family's going to be a big theme in season two from what we saw at Comic-Con. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how that fits into a larger theme. But one last question before we head out. If book two is titled Spirit, what will books three and four be titled? Has any info been released on this? No, no information's been released. Anybody have any super guesses? Um, we got Spirit pretty right book on the Book three, nose. fart. Uh, <laughs> serious <laughs> guesses, patches. Real airbending. Oh, my bad, my bad. Uh, I have no idea. Maybe, I mean, I'm heart? guessing that we're heart? going to... Oh, what? What'd you say? I said heart. Oh, heart. Ooh, it's I Captain like- Planet now. I yes. kind of like soul and or metal for no, one, like one or both. Metal, metal doesn't have any thematic resonance, though. It's just like a thing. I feel, yeah, once you go spirit, you have to go big picture. Well, I mean, don't think, don't think about... Life. You know, don't think about metal as this, like, awesome combat. Think about what metal is. It's, you know, refined. It's immovable. It's cold. It's like, yeah, maybe she just gets really, really into the feelings and spirit, and now she needs to, you know, disconnect from a little bit of everything. It and just sounds like stuff. Hard Rock, Legend of Korra. That's what I think. Oh, metal. Oh, heavy metal. metal. Yeah. Uh, I'm really hoping that she goes into the spirit world and we just, like, open up a can of worms that the whole world is going to go bonkers and we're going to learn so much new stuff, nothing we could possibly imagine. and Because yeah. it's all, you know, anything goes in the spirit world in my mind, maybe. so... Maybe now that we're done with the elements, we'll go into, like, actual people or nations. So maybe, like, book four is Korra. People. Could be. Le- uh, the Legend of Korra. Korra. <laughs> that, that's a great title. Legacy. <laughs> legacy. Or, Ooh, don't we use like legacy, legacy for everything now? Yeah. Forever. Silver. Yeah. Returns. <laughs> I don't know. Night rises. Um, it'll be something, though. I'm sure they'll have titles. That's the good news. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I think that about wraps oh, things up oh. for uh, this episode of Republic City Dispatch. Uh, Dave, did we want to do some sort of call out to people? Uh, yeah. Um, so here's the deal uh, with future Republic City Dispatches coming up. Uh, we're going to try to do about one per month, at least for uh, September and October. In September, The Promise wraps up, so we're going to do a whole episode on that plus whatever else comes up in the core news world. Come October, we're kind of uh, grasping for topics here. Uh, We could look a little bit at the making of the Legends stuff. Uh, We could maybe go back and look at the original Avatar series. I think that's a little bit of a time commitment for the three of us. And we also don't know when book two is coming, so I kind of want to save that until we really run out of stuff to do. Um, I was sort of interested maybe in talking to some cosplayers uh, since October is Halloween and this is going to be a great time to do your Korra cosplay. Dave spent a lot of time at Comic-Con taking pictures of cosplayers, so that's really where that's <laughs> Cosplay from. doesn't quite work in audio form, though, does it? Well, I mean, <laughs> for instance, I was looking in... Culture, the culture adventure. <laughs> I was looking into being Mako and his jacket has tails is asymmetrical and has a collar and none of those are made naturally <laughs> any sort of fashion people so you, you can see where that's going uh, but yeah, I guess uh, yeah the, the real thing here is that we're, we're looking for ideas and obviously we want to do something that people care about so people should submit ideas and throw things out there and because we read the tumblr and there you yeah. go here are the sure. things that um, there's only one thing that no matter how much you ask we can't make happen any faster and that's unfortunately interviews we're working on them and we know that you want them but that can't be rushed at this moment. Yeah, it's kind of got to jump through the, the hoops. But <laughs> you never know. I know what my Halloween costume is going to be, Dave. Uh, it's going to be that guy who goes Mako. Mako. I'm still I, going the cabbage just, guy. So maybe I'll just be me with Pabu on my shoulder and just be like, well, "This isn't good enough for you." <laughs> 
Uh, well, I think that about wraps things up as we prepare for Halloween costumes in two months in advance. Uh, thanks for listening. Why don't we sign ourselves off here? Dave? Hey, it's me, Dave with a 7. You could find me on Twitter at DA7E or my writing at latino-review.com. You should go there because I outlined the Ninja Turtles movie we almost got, and it is really bad. Nice work on Thank that, you. by the way. Nickelodeon okay. will love Michael to hear Bay. that. Michael Bay and I are... Uh, Going back and forth on the shoot, <laughs> it's been really interesting. Davindra, uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com/slash Davindra. I write about technology every day, too much every day. Adventurebeat.com. <laughs> I also podcast about movies and TV at slashfilm.com, and I have a tech podcast at thedrilldown.com. Nice. There's never too much tech talk, Davindra. Oh, there is. Oh, okay, there never mind. <laughs> Especially with the new iPhone coming up. My God, when's that? Uh, a couple weeks. Oh my. Well, I'll have to look into it. Uh, I'm Matt Patches, and I'm the movies editor of Hollywood.com, where I'm writing about movies and other pop culture nonsense every single day. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mr. M-I-S-T-R Patches, P-A-T-C-H-E-S. I'm on Tumblr, MattPatches.com. And that about wraps things up for this episode of Republic City Dispatch. Uh, feel free to throw comments out to us iTunes reviews, who knows what. Uh, Just keep us in the loop, and we will keep trying to deliver new content to you. So we will talk to you later. No one creeps like a mon, haunts your sleep like a mon, makes those prissy head pro blenders weep like a mon, for there's no equalist half as manly, perfect a pure paragon. You can ask any non-vendor handy And they'll tell you whose team they'd prefer to be on No one's fast as a mon Wears a mask like a mon Wants to kick Avatar Korra's ass like a mon And his speeches are really intimidating My, what a guy that a mon Give five flamios Give twelve yips. A mart is the best, and the rest is all drips. No one plots like a mon, calls the shots like a mon. No one hides out and never gets caught like a mon.